Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to be cracking open the post bag to take a look at some of your lovely voicemails. Okay, so let's see who we've got up first out of the post bag. And it looks like our first couple of messages are from Goblin's Henchman. Take it away. Hi John, hi Hannah. I have to say, the phrase, suck up that sweet, sweet mucus, wasn't an expression I ever thought I'd ever hear in my life. So, um, I suppose congratulations. (laughs) Alright, bye. (laughs) Very good, glad you enjoyed it. Cheers mate. And let's see what else Goblin Sengeman has got to say. Hi John, Goblin Sengeman here. Just listening to your sort of uh, Star Wars-esque Zero Session Zero, um, I think I listened to about half to three quarters of it before my uh, battery ran out so i haven't completed it um but um <laughs> one thing amused me about it was every time you took a drag on your vaping device you uh, you sounded like uh, darth vader incarnate i don't know what you mean yeah you should see what he's like with his sleep apnea mask on <laughs> so always, that made me chuckle and just one further thing, um, I'm sure you don't need it, but if it's of, of any interest at all, back in the G Plus days, someone asked if I could, if someone could spreadsheet up, automate uh, a Star Wars mission generator. It's on my blog somewhere, there's an Excel sheet, um, probably under the Excel tab, wherever that is, uh, which is a Star Wars mission generator. Um, so if that's of any interest, you could you could have a look at that and... Um, Maybe tap some sense. Like I say, I can't take any credit for the content, or a little bit. I think I wrote maybe one column of one of them or something. But basically, it was a, another person who wrote it, and I just um, more or so automated the sheet for them. But you click, you download the Excel, and you press the press the sort of go button, and it will generate a, a Star Wars esque um, mission. So you know, I think one's with the law and one's against the law or something. I can't quite remember, but that's that's uh, anyway. Check it out if it's of interest. Okay, cheers. Thanks for that, Goblin's Henchman. Actually, that's really handy because I'm just sort of planning out the the sort of second session of our White Star campaign at the minute. Um, we've done the sort of initial session where, you know, it's sort of in media res that were thrown into the action and they were just sort of like rolling with it. Now we're getting to the stage where they've headed off to another planet. They've said they want to look for some missions and some jobs they can do. So actually that sounds like it'd be really handy and ideal for me. So I will definitely give that a look. Thank you very much for calling in and letting us know about that. Now, I think we've got a couple of calls next from Randy of the Biggest Geekers podcast. Take it away, Randy. Hey guys, this is Randy again um, from Biggest Geekers podcast. Um, just listened to episode eighty-two with the Abolith, and I got to tell you, it seriously inspired me. I'm going to have to use that in my game. I'm running a Savage Worlds fantasy, and I've got a perfect place I can fit it in. The players last time had gone down a road I hadn't expected, so I think they may be in for a fishy surprise. But keep up the good work. I had been um, hesitant to listen to your monster. Uh, episodes just to know what they would involve but be honest with you the Aboleth episode was awesome i loved how you guys went through all the additions i didn't know that's what you did so i gotta run through your back catalog and listen to the old episodes so again randy from michigan take care cheers for that randy really glad you enjoyed it uh, we are continuing with the monster episodes yeah now and then we like to look at other systems as well as D, but we have sort of fallen into the format of going through 
several editions. Yeah, I think it's just a case of because we've we've got a lot of editions of D and D. It's nice to have that comparison, as Randy was saying, between the yeah. different editions. Whereas some other games, we've not got a, as wide a sort of pool to pull on. And of course, because we've been focusing quite a lot recently on the themed folio and yeah. monsters from that, a lot of them are specifically D and D monsters, so they yeah. don't exist yeah. in other systems anyway. Yeah, and I mean, as Hannah was saying, we do try and like pull in like mentions of like mythology and sort of other games and stuff like that when we're aware of them. I mean, we're never going to cover everything for a particular monster because like, mythology is such a broad spectrum of different things but yeah we're really enjoying it we're going to be covering um goblins hopefully this week um which is just one that um, i know you're particularly interested in looking mm-hmm. at other sort of goblinoid creatures and as of the time of recording this which will be a couple of days before you hear it we've just put up the the twitter poll for the week after's one which we like to do some people get a bit of a say in what monster we cover next and we're currently working our way through the AD&D monster manual 2 from first edition so we're hoping we can carry on doing more of that in the future and of course if anyone who's listening has a particular monster that they'd like us to have a look at just let us know yep details will be at the end of the episode but I think Randy's got a little bit more to say so take it away Randy Hey, John and Hannah. This is Randy from Biggest Geekest Podcast. Um, just listened to your podcast about, uh, did you know there's more games than D&D, role-playing games than D&D? And I think I lean with John a little bit because the truth is, I thought the title was a little condescending and I was getting nervous. I was like, man, what is he going to say? Am I going to, am I going to be like, oh, John's just going to blast people for not playing Fate or some other game? And I was like, no way. And so I was very relieved when you guys turned it into a discussion. Um, I do lean with John. Um, been gaming for 30, 40 years now, I guess. And, um, I just have read several articles where they kind of blast people for not playing other games or telling them and they get very high on their high horse. So keep up the good work. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed that Randy. And uh, we, we like to pepper in these episodes every now and again, where we just take a subject that one or others is interested in or a bit irked by like me with the, the articles I'd read about D and D, but we do generally try and have a conversation about it rather than as you say, I mean, there's no point in me just blasting people for playing things other than D and D, you know, people play what they want and, if you're enjoying that, even if it's a game I really hate, doesn't really harm me at all. Another thing that I forgot to mention when we were recording the episode mm-hmm. is how often I'll use the term D&D to refer to tabletop role-playing games in that sort of, you know, Hoover vacuum cleaner brand labelling thing. Yeah. Simply because... Once you've explained D&D to someone and you then say you're playing a different game, they then want more details. Or if you just say, I'm playing D&D with my mates, if they're not a gamer, they don't need any more details than that. They just wanted to know whether you were free on Friday night. Yeah, it's like, it's like a shorthand, isn't it? I mean, if you if you don't have any basis for comparison, it's no good me saying like, oh yeah, come and play Traveller. It's got a life path system and it does this, that and the other. And you might be like... Phew. What does any of that mean? Whereas if you know D&D, which let's face it is pretty much the sort of like the bog standard role-playing game that a lot of people are familiar with. If you go, 
oh it's like D&D but you get like a bit more character history because of this way of doing your background and they use slightly different stats or the role mechanics are different like this it's a good baseline for everyone to start with which you can then diverge from if you want so i mean when i was first playing sort of like world of darkness games like when i was introduced to them people had introduced me to it by sort of saying like oh it's a bit like D, but the focus is less on sort of dungeons and getting the treasure and killing monsters the focus is more exploring how your character is a monster but also still partly human and i know sort of that was one of the big pushes for world of darkness back in the 90s you know with like the, the storyteller system I, I think a lot of games although they might say like oh yeah we're different to D, it's weird because they sort of measure themselves by how different they are to D, rather than just sort of saying hey we're great because of this that if they're trying to be a commercial success they're like everyone knows D, so if we're going to make ourselves stand out we need to say D is great but this is how we're different and I think, unfortunately, that sort of gets a bit lost in some, of, not all, but some of these articles where the, and I've seen this at um, seminars at like games conventions and things like that, where people sort of, they get on their high horse about their particular brand of game or their particular style of game, whether it's storytelling, indie gaming, traditional gaming, whatever label you want to slap on it. And sort of the way they elevate that is by trying to sort of cast down other types of gaming that don't fit with that and to be honest i'm, I'm not really on board with that because it's like for me yeah I, I like a i like an old school hex crawl i like a bit of dungeon crawls i also like my sort of slightly more high concept like world of darkness games you know exploring all the angst and stuff like that i love mystery games sci-fi games this depending on like what time of the week it is it can vary or what you're in the mood for and there's so many different games out there so even if you just go right i'm just going to play D which version of D&D or one of the retro clones even within D&D there's a hell of a lot of variety See, another thing that I was thinking of since we recorded this yeah a few weeks ago uh, a cosplay forum that I follow yeah somebody was saying oh I'm considering trying to do a cosplay version of D&D oh right okay well like a live action sort of thing She'd never heard of LARP. Right. It had okay. never crossed her mind that other people would be out there doing this yeah. already. And it really made me smile, because obviously 2020, I kind of feel like LARP's been completely killed this year. Yeah. And I, I was really worried that it had never come back. And seeing her put that post up there, saying that she and her D&D group were playing cosplay Dungeons & Dragons, it was like... It's going to come back because people are just going to invent it again. Yeah, they'll just reinvent it. I <laughs> mean, the same with so many others. Everyone who plays D and D ends up with a homebrew system of some. Oh yeah, of course they do. Like house rules and stuff. Yeah. And most of the games on this shelf behind you, with like probably six hundred books on, and the rest <laughs> have started out probably from a similar place. And that really makes me happy to see so many people who've taken this basic framework yeah. and made it their own. That's it, and I think that's that's exa- you're exactly right. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, and I think one of the sort of tragedies of, like, say, these slightly like, high and mighty sort of articles that uh, Randy was discussing is they sort of shoot themselves in the foot, really, because and obviously I can only talk directly from my experience. But if I read an article and it's just like hey here's some cool games that aren't D&D that I'd like to highlight for you I'll go 
I'll have a look at that. Maybe there's something on there I don't know about, and it'll interest me. However, if the article starts out with this sort of like sneery sort of like, oh well, you're just playing D and D, are you? When there's loads more games out there, and you're sticking with D and D, then my first response is liable to be just like, fuck you, and I'll close the article, <laughs> and I won't read the rest of it. So they're not really accomplishing their aim anyway. I'd far rather someone say to me like less like oh my game's cool because D&D is shit than say my game's cool because of this cool thing or that cool thing you don't need to put down another game mm. to make yours seem better and I think that's what that's the sort of the crux of what I really disagree with yeah I do remember sort of that vibe of oh vampires for grown ups D&D's for kids yeah which which is ridiculous looking back at it vampires for like annoying teenagers as far as I'm concerned but that's just me and I don't get the world of darkness you're playing it enjoy it I should point out Hannah's like definitely not a lover of the sort of angst and grimness of the world of darkness I was like I I was um, when I was 17 and I was full of angst and grimness but to be honest, I'd rather just play something a bit happy now. Whereas for some of us, the grimness never left. <laughs> but yeah, as you as you rightly say, love, you're not saying like, oh, the world of darkness is rubbish. You're just saying, I don't like the world of darkness. Mm. And I have no problems with anyone saying that. If someone, Let's say I go, oh, I want to run a Star Wars game. And someone's like, oh, I don't really like sci-fi. That's fine. But there's a difference between saying, I don't like something and saying, this is rubbish. Mm-hmm. Now, you can objectively say that like, a game has like not really failed to live up to certain goals it was trying to set out for itself. So if you get a game and like it says at the start, oh hey, um, yeah, we're trying to create this really simple, slick, free flowing system, and then it's got like eight hundred pages of rules, you can be like, objectively, you've probably failed in that. Which is why I love games at the start, like uh, like Scum and Villainy and like Band of Blades, where they they set their stalls out at the start and they say this game is is it's this sort of theme we're trying to capture. This is the feeling. And this is why we've got these rules. Because then, like, especially if I'm like reviewing a game book, I can look at it and I can go, right, they're trying to do X, Y, and Z. Does it succeed? Whereas just saying, like, oh, something's crap, doesn't really tell you anything. It's all very subjective. But thank you very much for calling in, Randy. It's very much appreciated. And it's got us sort of talking about this again, which is what we like about this back and forth when people leave us the voicemails. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail and get in touch with us, you can do so using SpeakPipe. There'll be a link in the description of this show. Or if you want to either attach an MP3 to an email or just send us a an old school text email, then you can send it to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you next time, take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, just have fun. Bye. Bye.